0: On a day in late October, 1817, John Thomas Ruskin, the tenant of Bowerswell Villa in Perth, suddenly appeared in front of his niece Margaret with a terrible gash in his throat. She immediately stopped the bleeding with a towel, called a doctor, and helped sew up the edges of the wound. Everything possible was done, but a few days later he died. Very soon afterwards, Margaret married the old man's son, as she had wanted to do for years, and moved to London. For the rest of her long life, she hated Perth and Scotland and refused to set foot inside that house. If his grandfather had not committed suicide, John Ruskin would probably not have been born, and the history of Victorian thought would have been different. That tragedy would reverberate down the generations and affect several other lives. Ten years later, When Mr. George Gray, writer to the signet, was looking for a place to bring his new wife, his eye fell on the same house, Bowerswell. Built in 1800, it stood a short way up the steep lane which runs up Kinole Hill, surrounded by tall trees and with an ancient well in the grounds. He thought it needed some improvements. Perhaps the whole house ought to be pulled down and rebuilt, but the situation was superb. The garden had enough space for a long walk, yew and holly hedges, a bowling green. Behind it, the hill rose seven hundred and twenty-nine feet to give wonderful views of the parks and spires of Perth, the mighty River Tay, and the higher hills to the north. Generations of his family would admire the rolling strath of Tay, the lavishly tinted and ever-changing woods, the distant hills, now purple with heather now white with ice and snow, the majestic river. Mr. Gray knew what the former tenant had done, but he was not superstitious. George Gray and Sophia Jamieson were married and moved into Bowerswell on the 18th of June, 1827. He was twenty-nine, she was nineteen, and the daughter of Andrew Jamieson, Sheriff Substitute of Fife. A photograph taken some thirty years later shows a tall, balding man and a woman who looks surprisingly good after having given birth to fifteen children. Those who knew them thought that Mrs. Gray was a sweet, quiet, and sensible person, an excellent manager without bustle or conceit. Her grandson remembered her as bright and cheerful. Mr. Gray was said to be thoroughly good-natured, open, and hospitable, with excellent temper and warm-heartedness. He has also shown that he possesses no small share of common sense and judgment in the way he has improved his fortune and brought himself and family into the best society his neighborhood affords. A writer to the signet is a senior Scottish lawyer. George Gray is described in official documents sometimes as a solicitor, sometimes as a banker, He did not stick to the legal profession, but dabbled in commerce, and it would get him into trouble. On the 7th of May, 1828, the couple's first child, Euphemia Chalmers Gray, was born in the bedroom where old Ruskin had died. Her parents called her Feemy, but after she left home, she was usually known as Effie. In the same year, Sir Walter Scott published a novel called The Fair Maid of Perth, "'and this name stuck to her, too. "'The town, which was the ancient capital of Scotland, "'had a population of about 20,000. "'Tall ships still sailed upriver to the port of Perth, "'although in Effie's lifetime it would lose most of its trade to Dundee. "'Weaving, dyeing, whisky and salmon farming were the chief industries. "'The west bank of the Tay was lined with grand Georgian buildings, "'whose gardens ran down to the waterfront,' The wines and vennels where the workers lived were less visible. Seagulls swooped around the cobbled streets, and swans nested on the willow-covered islands. Bowerswell is on the quieter east bank, about fifteen minutes' walk downhill and across the wide old bridge to the centre of town. Perth was, and is, a friendly place. It was also small enough for people to know every detail of their neighbours' lives. The Greys were a cultured, affluent, good-natured family, highly respected in their circle, and regular attendees at Canoole Parish Church. Effie's probable future seemed to be a quiet, small-town life and marriage to a fellow Scot. However, she was less than two weeks old when she got involved with the Ruskins.